Okay, let's turn in our Bibles this morning to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 7 through 18. I would imagine that uh, if as many of you, when you looked at the sermon title this morning, you probably could finish that phrase that's on the front of your bulletin, right? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I think it's a verse we all know very well. And, and uh, of course, Paul is writing this letter um, to the church in Corinth. But I, we talked about this in Christian Ed this morning. Like all of these letters in the New Testament, uh, there's always something here for us as well. In today's world, in today's culture, in our, in our own spiritual lives. And so we always need to, to receive what Paul is saying and think about it in the context of, of our own life. But he is talking about the Old Covenant of the, New Test, uh, of the Old Testament and comparing it to the New Testament, uh, the New Covenant in the New Testament that Jesus has brought to us. And so let's read uh, 2 Corinthians 3. I'll begin in verse 7 and read through uh, verse 18. Now if the ministry that brought death, which was engraved in letters on stone came with glory so that the Israelites could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of its glory, transitory though it was, will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? If the ministry that brought condemnation was glorious, how much glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness? For what was glorious has no glory now in comparison with the surpassing glory. And if what was transitory came with glory, how much greater is the glory of that which lasts? Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. We are not like Moses who had put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. But their minds were made dull. For to this day, that same the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. It has not been removed because only in Christ is it taken away. Even to this day when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. May God add his blessing to the reading and hearing of his word. You know, there are probably uh, a lot uh, of references or examples we could think about when we think of something that was maybe good to begin with, but then as time went on, uh, it got better. Uh, I thought about, one thing I thought about was when our kids are young and maybe elementary school and they start in sports or uh, maybe band or, or choir or, or something like that. Um, they aren't that great at it because, of course, they're just starting out. They're just learning how to do it. But then when they get to high school, a lot of those things, you know, they've learned through the years. And if they stick with it, they uh, end up being a lot better when they, when they get into high school at, at some of those things. There's some other examples we could think of things that are maybe good and better. 
Um, you think about the, the moon landing and the walking on the moon. Uh, those of you who were, I was one year old, I think then, so I don't remember it, but I've seen the, the pictures uh, of that. And, uh, but imagine what that would look like today if they did that, now that we have HD, 4K, 8K, whatever, whatever it might be. And some of the old sporting events are kind of the same way, where I, I will see clips of the old uh, sporting things, and I'm like, really? They used to, <laughs> you know, you could hardly make out uh, some of the things that were happening. It was so grainy and, and old. And uh, these days when I see those, those clips of old sporting events, I'm like, how did they ever live without knowing what the score was? <laughs> You know, now we have the score on the screen all the time and all the information we need. I mean, they, they had none of that, of course. And then, of course, we could say that our communication, uh, phone lines and all that have been changed quite a bit, going back to the old party lines that they used to have with phones. And then, of course, today uh, we advanced to that dial phone you had in your home. And then you we got to the flip phones that we used to have. And now, of course... We have the smartphones, and uh, the party line was good because, you know, that's all, they didn't have anything before that, so it was like, wow, this is nice, um, but then, of course, um, things got much be better as time went on, and uh, today we have our smartphones, which are much, much better. I thought about that, and I was like, are they, is it really, <laughs> is it really that much better? I mean, it's more convenient. And we can do a lot more stuff with it, but in some ways, I guess it is better. In some ways, maybe it has, has changed a lot for us. But really, that gets us thinking along the lines of what Paul is talking about here in this third chapter. Except Paul's not talking about all of those technology and all of those things like that. He's talking about the Old Covenant in the, New, in the Old Testament compared with the New Covenant that we have in the New, in the New Testament. And of course, he, he talks there about um, Moses uh, on Mount Sinai, giving the, the Ten Commandments. We heard that read earlier from Exodus, uh, that, the account of that. And then, of course, uh, we have the new, which is given to us through the resurrection of Jesus and then the coming of the Holy Spirit uh, into our lives. Paul is clear in these verses about how much difference there is between those. Because in verse 7, he refers to the, the law of the Old Testament as the ministry that brought death. It's an interesting way to, to refer to that. You know, we know there that he is referring to the Ten Commandments because he mentions it that they were letters engraved on stone. And so we heard earlier about that. And in the next verse, he talks about how the face of Moses had to be covered because uh, his face was so bright from, from being in the presence of God when he received those, those Ten Commandments. We need to be careful, though, with this because we don't want to misunderstand what Paul is really saying here. I mean, he's not suggesting that the Ten Commandments are not important. He's not suggesting that we should not pay attention to them. Um, you know, they are or were an important way that God communicated with his people at that time and, and showed them how to live. And they are still important for us today. 
those Ten Commandments. Jesus even said this. He said in the, New, in the Gospels, he said, Don't think that I have come to abolish the law and the prophets. I've not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. And so, you know, they are good, but we now have something even better. This new covenant that God brought to us through his son, Jesus Christ. Verse 8 says that if the face of Moses was that bright and glorious after receiving that old covenant, will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious than that? And so, you know, the Ten Commandments were good and important, but, but lives lived by the power of the Holy Spirit are so much better. And, you know, the basic message really of what Paul is saying here might go like this or, or be like this. The engraved letters on stone, they give us important guidance on how to live, but they do at times tend to bring condemnation upon us when we fail to uphold them. Or we could also say when we sin, when we fall into sin. And so, you see, in this new covenant that we now have in Jesus, the sacrifice and the, the salvation of Jesus on the cross provides us the grace and the redemption when we fall into sin or when we fail. There is not condemnation, there is grace and forgiveness which is extended to us when we come uh, to Christ in those things. Of course, we read about that in uh, the second chapter of Acts. You know, the Holy Spirit comes there on the believers and gives them power to live in, in uh, the freedom of the resurrection uh, of Jesus who conquered the grave once and for all for us. And, you know, if we look down to verse 12 here, we see that this power and freedom allows us to be, be, to be bold uh, in how we proclaim those things both now in this life and, of course, for, for all of eternity to come. Um, the prophet Jeremiah maybe said it well when, when in Jeremiah 31, he said, A day would come that the law would be written on our hearts instead of on tablets of stone. The spirit of the living God now dwells within us, now gives us counsel and guidance. It gives us direction. The Spirit gives us hope. The Spirit also convicts us of sin in our lives. But then, of course, the Spirit, in the end, gives us freedom and really points all believers to Jesus Christ, who was the author of this new covenant that Paul is talking about. And he continues to talk about this. Uh, and then, of course, he comes to verse 17, which is uh, kind of the climax of this passage where I think most of us know this phrase. Obviously, we do because you recited it earlier. Uh, there's been songs and poems and all kinds of things written uh, because of the power of these words. But I think the most important thing for us is we can say that they have power, but are they truly transforming our lives you know are we allowing the power of the holy spirit to truly change our attitude our outlook our hope 
uh, all of those things. That concept of uh, freedom, of course, has been talked about a lot recently and in several months uh, leading up to this latest election. Of course, we also talked about it a lot during the uh, pandemic that we all went through. But I think it's important for us to, to distinguish between physical freedom and, and spiritual freedom. Because many people in the world today uh, seem to have a stronger sense of what this, this freedom in Jesus is about than I think some of us do here in the West. Maybe that's because we are consumed by a lot of other things that distract us. But um, you see, true spiritual freedom does not mean that a person necessarily has physical freedom. Uh, they, you know, they are free. We are free because the Spirit has set us free. Just this week, I read several different articles about people around our world who are experiencing uh, violence and, and persecution and, and all these things. And, uh, you know, they are not living in what we would call freedom, physical freedom. And yet, these people were speaking in incredible ways about the wonderful freedom that they have in Jesus, despite their circumstances. And that's the message of these verses this morning, really. The freedom that we have in Christ and through the Holy Spirit is so much better than any other freedom that we can experience in this world. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that, that I don't like physical freedom. I mean, we all would say that, you know. Um, I like it as much as anyone else. But the thing is, if, if, I am, if I am free physically, but I am in bondage spiritually, then I'm not really free or living in the freedom that Christ has brought to me. The one is much better than the other, even though they are both good. And um, so these verses here are saying that this new freedom is better than the old supposed freedom. Or this spiritual freedom in Christ is different than our worldly freedom. We talked uh, last, last Sunday in our Christian Ed class, we talked about the difference between worldly hope and spiritual hope. I think we would all realize the difference between that. And the same applies to this concept of freedom. Worldly freedom is not the same as spiritual freedom. And talking about the Old Covenant, New Covenant, Paul says that the ministry of the Holy Spirit is much better than the ministry that brought death. The ministry that brings righteousness is much better than a ministry that condemns. A ministry that lasts is much better than one that is going to fade away. And all of these better options are given to us through Jesus and, of course, the, the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. In our country, uh, in America, we like to speak about how our whole, uh, you know, democracy is based on the freedoms that we are granted through the U.S. Constitution. And uh, we should hold those, of course, in, in high regard. Uh, 
because like I said, you know, there are many people in other countries who, who uh, around the world who would love to have the freedom, the freedoms that we have here. So we should not take those for granted. But as followers of, of Jesus, we also need to realize that the freedom we have in Christ is never going to fade away either on this earth or for all of eternity. And we'd like to think that our country is going to be free forever. Um, we hope that that will be. But we have to realize that, that no king or president or magistrate or government will ever be able to take away the freedom that we have in Jesus Christ. I don't know if you remember some years ago when... Uh, the whole situation in Afghanistan was just beginning with the Taliban and all of that. Um, there were some missionaries that were taken captive and held in prison. And uh, when they were released later on, they wrote a book about it. Um, it was called Prisoners of Hope. Uh, two of the women prisoners, Dana Curry and Heather Mercer, were the ones who actually wrote the book. But I remember reading that way back then. I mean, uh, and, and the one thing that really stuck out to me about that book was how, how they shared that even though they were in captivity, the word that they had planted in their hearts, the promise and the hope that was in their scripture, which they had put into their hearts through memory and study and all of that, is really what got them through that, that time and really is what they rested in. They didn't know if they were going to be released. They didn't know what if they would ever see freedom again. But they knew that they had this freedom in, in Christ. In, and hope in Christ. It's always interesting uh, to me when I read these specific verses in the Message Bible uh, because uh, Eugene Peterson, who translated that paraphrase or, or uh, translation, um, he uses the word government here in this passage instead of ministry. It says, the government of death and the government of condemnation, even the government of the spirit when the Holy Spirit, when he refers to the Holy Spirit. And that's actually a very good translation of the original Greek word that Paul used there when he wrote this um, to the church in Corinth. And I think maybe he thought using that Greek word that referred to government would be a better way for them to, to maybe understand where he was coming from. Because you see, a, a government is, is there to, to serve the people and not be served by the people. And so that's similar to what Jesus said really about his own ministry. If you remember in Matthew 20, 28, Jesus said, The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And the reason I share that is, is because there is a correlation there. You know, government is formed in order to serve the people and to support the people. And it's not supposed to be the other way around. And, you know, you can look at the history of countries around the world and we can see where that's failed many times to be upheld in, in the correct manner. Way too many times, really. We can see examples of that. And so what these verses are proclaiming is that that Jesus is a fail-proof path to eternal freedom. And what that means is it doesn't matter what country you live in. doesn't matter what situation you find yourself in. doesn't matter what kind of government you live under. If they're granting you freedoms or not. 
this freedom through Christ is still there for us and, and for you. And that's what Paul is really saying uh, in these verses today. And, you know, Paul had a firsthand experience with this because we know how many times he was in prison and held captive and, and all those other things. Um, and so that he says, the ministry of this new covenant that Jesus came to earth and brought us is now carried in the power of the Holy Spirit that Jesus sent to us. And it is for those who believe. And it gives us a right standing in the presence of God, which is for all of eternity and will never go away. And of course, we as believers, we also know that that same freedom and power of the Holy Spirit will sustain us in this life as we go through the different trials and tribulations uh, that we often face in this world. And many of them in that earlier video that we saw, you know, um, were listed there. Addiction, failure, abuse, pain, regret. Well, what Paul says here in verse 17 is, Now the Lord is a spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom from those things. That is where we can find freedom from those things. And of course, many others besides those that, that were listed. And so back to the Exodus passage, just like the veil was removed from the face of Moses, when we, when we turn to the Lord, Jesus removes the veil from our life so that we, we can see the glory of the Lord. And we are then transformed into his likeness with the boldness and the hope that he provides for us. A hope that allows us to face anything in this world that we have to face without a losing heart. In 1 Thessalonians 5.19, which is also read earlier, Paul says, Do not quench the Spirit. And I just wanted to mention this because, you know, when the, when the Spirit, when the Holy Spirit is giving, is trying to give us wisdom and guidance uh, about something, we have to accept what the Holy Spirit or how the Holy Spirit is, is working in our life to bring that peace and to uh, deliver us from those things. And so I, I encourage you to, to respond to the Holy Spirit uh, when the Spirit is bringing those things into your life. Respond, um, receive that freedom, and um, allow it to work in your life and, and be active in your life. Well, earlier I, I talked about some of the physical and technological things that have been made better in our lifetime, um, TV, phones, and so on. But when it comes to this spiritual freedom that we're talking about today, it doesn't really get any better. There's no way that it can be improved upon. Uh, it's already as good as it's going to get. And, uh, you know, I think... Uh, as we see things play out in the news each week, it's easy to get down and get frustrated or, or shake our head and get and just think what, you know, that the world's lost, and it is, many, much of the world is lost, but we as believers, we need to remember that, you know, we need to trust in the Holy Spirit to, to give us the hope and the freedom and the, the power that we need in this life to, to face the situations that we come across. 
It's not that we don't care about those things in the world, but um, it's easy sometimes in our 24-hour news cycle that we're in, and now with notifications on your phones and so on, it's easy just to become consumed by all of that. And, um, I mean, I, I understand because I get there sometimes too, you know, when you see the hatred and the injustice and, and immorality going on. Um, we want everyone to be delivered from that, right? We want everyone to know how to be delivered from those things. And we know the answer, and so that's a part of what Christ calls us to, of course, is to share that with others as well as make sure that it is active in, in our lives as we face uh, those things. Jesus worked at all of those things, of course, when he was doing his ministry here on this earth. But then, of course, he went to the cross, and he died, and he shed his blood for us. He sacrificed his life in order to give us the freedom from the things of this world. And uh, then, of course, he ascended into heaven and sent the Holy Spirit, um, just as he had promised. And that's where Paul says, where that spirit of the Lord is, freedom is definitely found. I'd like to end this morning by uh, sharing the words of Jesus from the Gospel of John. When speaking to the believers uh, in John 14, Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit as the Spirit of truth. So, in this world of not knowing what is true and what is not, the Holy Spirit is where we find the truth. And he says, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So there it is again. The truth, the Holy Spirit, will set you free. And so, is there something you need to be set free from today and uh, in your life? And I, I, if there is, I hope that you will trust the Holy Spirit to, to lead you and, and allow you to, to sense this freedom that you have in Jesus. And I pray that we'd find that in our lives each and every day as we awake and face whatever is in front of us for that day um, to just start our day with that. I was uh, watching uh, a sermon by David Jeremiah this week and uh, he, he mentioned something good and I, I thought, you know, I should do that. Um, he, he said that we should open a Bible in our bedroom somewhere and have your Bible open. And as you begin your day, just go and, and place your hand on the open word as a way to acknowledge. Even if you just do that and head off to get dressed for your day, acknowledging that this is where I'm going to find my truth today. This is where I'm going to find my hope today. This is where I'm going to have find the rest and peace that I might need later in the day. So just something to think about uh, I encourage you to think of a way to do that, to start your day, to remind yourself of the freedom and the peace and the joy that you can have through Jesus Christ. Amen? All right, let's uh, stand together. Let's end uh, with a word of prayer this morning. Father in heaven, we ha uh, help us, Lord, to honor your name, to follow your ways, and to give you praise in all things. And Lord, we pray that as we live our lives and, and we go about our daily lives, we'd remember that
your Holy Spirit is with us. Uh, through your Holy Spirit, we are promised this, uh, this hope. We are promised this freedom. We are promised that you will help us and guide us through the difficult things that we face in this life. And Lord, somebody here this morning might be facing something with addiction, maybe addiction in their life. Uh, maybe it's just a tough time that they've gone through recently and they're asking a lot of questions, maybe doubting their faith at times. Lord, I pray that, that your spirit may touch their heart, touch their mind, and allow them to know that uh, when, they believe, when you believe in Jesus, when you follow Jesus, and you ask Jesus into your life, he is there for you and his spirit will dwell with you. And in all things in life, that might bring us bondage, we can find freedom in Jesus. And I pray, Lord, that, that we would apply that to our lives and, and live in that way. Pray your blessing on each one here uh, this morning, each one watching online. Uh, pray that your presence would go with us each and every day. May you guide us and may you strengthen us in this life. And we thank you and we praise you for all that you've done for us. It is in the name of Jesus we pray and all God's people said, amen. Have a great week, everyone. <clears throat>